Alright peeps, we're back. As always, I'm your host Lee Benz and this is another episode of the AEW Insider. This is the result show of WWE Extreme Rules Pay-Per-View. Uh, let me start off. I was not excited about this at all. I thought it was going to be another throwaway pay-per-view. AEW was the night before. But I have to say, this I really, really, really liked this pay-per-view. It was a stacked card from the door. There were about two or three matches that I could have did without on the card. But still, overall, I liked it a lot. So let's get into the results. We did have the Cruiserweight Championship match. It was Drew Gallic Gulak. Why do I say that? He's one of my favorites. Versus Tony Nese. Uh, your winner was Drew Gulak. It was a good match. It was quick. The hometown hero did pull it off. Drew Gulak's from Philly, so he got a hero's welcome. I'm glad he got the one. Uh, I waited so long for him to win the belt. And uh, from the jump, he was in the top three of the Cruiserweight division ever since they had the tournament a couple years back. Like him, Cedric, maybe Brian Kendricks, what have you, even though TJP won it, which is nuts. But yeah, I mean, definitely check that match out. It wasn't that bad, nothing spectacular. But you're, excuse me, he, he retained his title. So Drew Gulak is still the Cruiserweight champ. Uh, then they did put the Intercontinental Championship on the pre-show. How many times did they said, oh, we're going to bring this thing back to prestige, blah, 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 this and that. You had the open challenge, but that was for the U.S. title, sorry, blah, blah, blah. But you know what I mean. This thing's supposed to be, like, awesome. It's the second highest belt you can have in singles competition in the, excuse me, WWE. It's just stupid. But they put the match in a pre-show. Again, wasn't nothing spectacular. They have two major stars who are amazing over in Japan. If you don't know, Shinsuke Nakamura started off as a young lion. Young Lion in Japan is kind of like NXT, but way worse. They got to clean up. They got to cook. They're the guys, if you watch uh, New Japan Wrestling, those guys that are just dressed in black trunks or black t-shirts, and they're always icing the wrestlers up or carrying them back or carrying those bags. Those are Young Lions. Shinsuke Nakamura actually started off as a Young Lion, worked his way from the bottom, and became the biggest thing in Japan, and that's why WWE wanted him. And Finn Balor. Finn Balor was the first leader of the Bullet Club, like we went over, and and the man over there, his name was Prince Debit. So they got both these guys, they floundered them as always, and they actually made them fight for the belt on the fucking pre-show, which is a damn shame. Uh, match was nothing spectacular. The winner and your new IC champ, Shinsuke Nakamura. Alright, and then the show was opening up. That was the pre-show matches. After that, the real show began. Uh, the opening match, which I was surprised about, but I'm glad I, they did do it. It was Roman Reigns and The Undertaker for Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-barred match. My pick that I picked last night was Drew and Shane. Uh, let me see. I had serious doubts about this match. We have they, These guys have had many outings in the last couple of months between Drew, Shane, Roman, what have you, in all different ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, plus, after the Undertaker-Goldberg match, I thought this match would be the worst, but boy, was I wrong. I fucking loved it. Undertaker was pissed after the Goldberg match. I assume be on Twitter for a while, online, what have you. He was very vocal. He was even pissed after the match with Goldberg ended. Uh, we all know he had a point to prove, and he did. He still got it. 
Let me tell you, he sure does. He put on a clinic out there tonight. The match was awesome. Taker, excuse me, and the heels were awesome. Taker and Shane and Drew did awesome. Roman, I'm not a fan of. I won't knock him, but he didn't impress me tonight. But Taker was amazing, and Drew and Shane did their thing too. It was friggin' awesome, for real. Uh, there was an insane spot when Shane jumped off the top rope onto Taker to the outside announcer's table. It was pretty vicious. I didn't think Taker was going to like take the move. I thought he was going to move, but he didn't. He took it like a champ. Then Elias, excuse me, Drew and Shane, yeah. Yes, Elias came out of nowhere to help the boys. They took, uh, they beat uh, Undertaker up. They got him in the corner, put the garbage can in front of him, and they set him up for a coast-to-coast -coast from Shane, and he nailed it. He nailed Taker with that. One of his legs was, like, extended really far to reach it and just smacked into the can right into Taker. It was awesome, but he took it like a champ. Uh, then Elias drew and Shane, uh, excuse me, then, uh, excuse me, then Undertaker sat, uh, excuse me, Shane went for the pin after that, don't mind me, I, I, I had this all, uh, excuse me, I had this all typed out for you guys so I don't forget anything, but then of course I like to add my own stuff in, and when I do that, then I lose my place, and that's why I stutter like an idiot, but anyway, after Shane did hit Taker with the coast to coast, uh, he went for the pin because it was over with, and Undertaker sat up in classic Undertaker mode, and before that he also did, he walked the tight ropes too, in old school, which was awesome. Undertaker choke slammed Shane and then he choke slammed Elias and then Roman took out Drew and Shane. Taker hit Shane with the tombstone for the one, two, three, and the win. Your winners were Undertaker and Roman, which surprised me. I was hoping the bad guys were going to win. But if Taker's there, of course he's got to win. Uh, I wanted the bad guys to win so bad, but Taker put on a hell of a match. It was a great match. One thing, though, when Taker went to lift Shane up for the tombstone to finish, he almost didn't get him up. He almost didn't have the strength to because he's so tired and he's getting old. But he readjusted it, and he hit him with the tombstone, and he won. The announced team picked up on it, too, and they were saying, Saying that uh, Taker was just toying with Shane at first, but in reality, he almost didn't have the strength to put him in a tombstone. But your winners were Undertaker and Shane, and that was a good match. Uh, after that, we did have the Raw, Raw Tag Team Championship match. It was the Revival versus the Usos. Uh, last night in the prediction show, I did pick the Revival. It was a very boring match to me. I like both teams a lot. I think they're awesome. Uh, but it was nothing spectacular. They ne they, neither of them brought anything new to the table. It was a waste of time, if you ask me, even though it was for the tag team belts. In the end, the Revival hit them with their finisher, and they got the win. Uh, after that, they did have Aleister Black versus Cesaro. I did pick Aleister Black last night. I really like Cesaro's new entrance before he steps out. Like, he stands there and he's behind this light. Before he steps out from behind the light, his silhouette looks like Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. It looks pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I do dig Aleister Black's entrance, too. It always kicked ass. How he lifts up from the smoke with his hands across his chest like a vampire, and his music is awesome. My daughter and I seen him live a couple times with WWE, and that entrance music always gets me pumped AF when I hear it. Uh, even the font that they used to spell out Alistair's name when he came out was awesome. Uh, this match was awesome, and like it should have been. These two both uh, beat the crap out of each other. They didn't miss a beat in the ring, and they are both beasts in the ring. Uh, like I said, they fucking beat the piss out of each other, and it was very physical. Um, excuse me, in the end, though, Alistair did hit him with the fade to black out of nowhere, and he did get his win, and I'm happy that Alistair's finally getting his push after his main roster call-up. 
Uh, it was pretty, pretty dope, that match, though, because Alistair, at first, they pulled him up with Ricochet. Uh, Vince McMahon wanted him up because ratings were dropping. Triple H didn't want to give him up. They kicked butt as a tag team. Alistair had to go on the first part of his honeymoon with his new bride, Zelina Vega, in real life. So the tag team broke up. Ricochet shooting through the roof, and Alistair's nowhere. So it's glad that he's stepping up, and he's going to be kicking out. So Alistair Black is awesome. Uh, after that, they cut to a backstage promo. It was Carmella and R-Truth. Truth was looking for Hornswoggle to win back his 24-7 title. Of course, we know Hornswoggle's not even with WWE right now. He's actually looking for the 205 manager, Drake Maverick. Uh, Alexis Bliss stopped that, stepped out of a locker room, and he was asking for his corn, uh, corn, uh, I can't even tell him, Hornswoggle, Hornswoggle, where he was at. Alexa wasn't even going to talk to him, but she got so annoyed because he kept up asking. She told him he was in the first stall in the locker room. So he was about to go in there, but Carmilla said don't listen to her, took him away. Then Nikki Cross came out. So then we have two promos into one. Uh, Alexa wanted to give her a gift for being such a great friend. It was actually Alexa Bliss's newest t-shirt, of course, you know, uh, promotion. And then uh, I was all cut up, though, how Nikki Cross's shirts are. So as they were sitting there exchanging gifts, out of nowhere, my boys, the Street Profits, show up in the hallway corridor. And the Street Profits say, man, pretty much, you guys are fighting for the belt, the Women's Championship Smackdowns. It's a two-on-one match. There's pretty much no way that you could lose. So all we're asking the new WWE female champions, well, co-champions, is where's the party going to be at? Meaning the after party. So that was really, really good. It went on for a little bit more, blah, blah, blah. But that was it. I think it's awesome that the Street Profits got a call up and they're getting a shine. Those dudes are awesome, for real, especially Montel and Montez. Uh, after that, we did, of course, have the SmackDown Women's Championship match. It was Bailey versus Alexa Bliss with her partner, Nikki Cross. It was a two-on-one handicap match for the women's title, which is nuts. Uh, my pick last night was Bailey, and I said that Sasha Banks was going to return also. Uh, just a note, uh, everybody pretty much... Uh, excuse me, I can't even tell. Hold on. Just don't mind me. Everybody pretty much said the ref to Nikki, including the rest of him. The Oh, okay, okay, I apologize. All right, now this is just my opinion. I was wondering why it didn't make freaking sense to me, but I just want to make a little note real quick that I noticed at this match especially that everybody, including the refs, except Nikki, Ro Nikki Ross on the current roster because Sheamus really isn't there anymore, you got to slow down with the fake suntanner. I mean, really. They look so orange and fake, like a bunch of full-size Oompa Loompas took over the WWE network and shit. The referee, Alexa, like some of them, it's not even on all the way in the, the top of their forehead you can see is a different color it just looks horrible chill out with the fucking fake tan guys i mean really uh, i never thought i would say this but it, this was a good match it could have went so wrong but it did not it did start off slow but once it got heated up it was very good bailey showed off her wrestling chops in this match i hate her gimmick but bailey is good uh, it was good stuff bailey won clean too two against one and she beat them she hit him one of my she hit nikki cross with a macho man elbow off the top rope and she pinned her for the one, two, three. And guess what? Sasha Banks didn't come back. Bailey beat Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a two-on-one handicap and retained the Women's SmackDown Championship. That matches all right. You should check it out.
All right, after that, we did have Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. Uh, this match, I knew this match was going to be slow, you know what I mean? And it could have been very bad. It was slow, of course, but with two beasts like this, it was it was a decent showing for both men, to be honest. They even incorporated backstage and the crowd in the arena, like the location shots all the way in the back. They were fighting all the way through there. And it was neat to see them do that. One of my favorite things back in the days when they used to go back in the locker room, in the boiler room, or even on location, like to the river on the bridge or to a bar or the hospital, that's always good stuff. So these, uh, these big behemoth giants literally beat the piss out of each other from the ring all the way to the arena. It was crazy. Had a ton of just physical brute force incorporated through the match. Uh, one point when they were in a crowd, Brown wanted the crowd to clear away so he had room to, you know, take out Bobby Lashley. There was one girl standing there wearing a polo shirt and she looked fucking scared to death. It was funny as hell. So it's good to see that kayfabe isn't dead. Still in younger fans' eyes because she thought she the problem was going to kill her. Uh, in in the end, though, uh, they uh, what you call it. Uh Bobby, they were both on a landing. They were up like in the audience, pretty high too. And if you're ever in an arena, there's a little opening you walk to so you can get to your seats. So they were above that opening. And literally, Braun picked friggin' Bobby Lashley up, and he did his finisher move from a landing right through the opening. Normally, they hit the concrete below, they were dead, blah, blah, blah. But it was some makeshift thing. It was all set up with, like, black covering so you couldn't see it. And it was, like, some wooden box built around it. I don't even know. But, you know, there were some mats in there and all that that kept them safe. But then the referee was counting to ten. Nobody was getting up. And out of nowhere, the plywood just bust open. And here comes Braun Strowman. So he won. He is the last man standing. Uh, I did pick. Bobby Lashley. I was hoping to give him this push. I feel bad for Bobby Lashley, man. I mean, the guy is a friggin' beast. Vince loves him. He did pretty good, pretty good in WWE the first time, you know what I mean? He's over in TNA. His contract's up. Vince and them lie to him, say, hey, come here. You're gonna be the man, yada, yada. They get him to come back. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. He is making more money than probably he's ever made in his life, but over in TNA, he was the top dog in Impact, so I know he's gotta miss that. I like to ask him like really really if i knew him or he wouldn't get in trouble for saying it what's better you know what i mean because every wrestler is different some people take the money but do you like the money and being scrubbed or did you like being a top dog and running shit like you should be with the size you are so who knows all right real quick we are going to take a break when we get back we do have the results of the smackdown tag team championship three-way match we have the united states championship match WWE Championship match and the Universal Championship match. And then I got two little pieces of wrestling news too. So don't go away. We'll come back. We'll finish the show. Remember, it's the AEW Insider. Check us out on social media. Uh, I'm Lee Benz, and we'll be right back. All right, peeps, we're back. Let's finish this show up. I got to get to sleep. My kids are going to an amusement park tomorrow. I don't want her to hear that. She doesn't know. All right, but anyway, as always, this is the AEW Insider. Check us out on social media. It's under AEW Insider 1 on Twitter. And on YouTube and Facebook, it's the AEW Insider. Definitely join our group. We have a lot of fun. All right, let's get to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. We did have a three-way. 
It was the new Daniel Bryan and his partner Eric Rowan versus the New Day versus Heavy Machinery. Last night I did pick Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Uh, this match was very, very good. As always, everybody got their chance to shine, but in a surprise to me, the New Day won, and they won clean. No cheating, no outside interference. They hit their finisher, and they won the belts. I guess they wanted to have the gold along with, uh, excuse me, Kofi having the gold. Gold, And I read about eight months ago that they want them by the end of their run or careers or the New Day being together to have held the WWE tag team's belts the most in history. And this is number six, so they're on a good start. So cheers to the New Day. Uh, I can't wait for them to implode, though, already. I want Xavier Woods to be the breakout star that he is because he should be champ, to be honest. He's the best one out of all of them. Uh, then after that, the New Day met up with Kofi in the gorilla position. If you don't know what that is, that's right where Vince and everybody since watching the show, and that's also where the wrestlers stand right before they're about to come out on stage. So they came back when it, with their tag team championship goal. Kofi met them, they were celebrating, and out of nowhere, Paul Heyman just came up and stole their microphone while they were just about to get interviewed. Like, I love Paul Heyman, he's the ma man. But I don't think that was cool at all. So Paul Heyman came out and he was talking that talk like he always does. He pretty much stated that he is Philadelphia. He invented extreme wrestling because the whole night everybody's yelling EC Dub. They're in Phil uh, ECW's hometown. They know it. Uh, and he said that he will not leave the building tonight without something major happening. And he guaranteed again that Brock Lesnar will cash in his briefcase tonight and win the Universal Championship. I mean, the boy who cried wolf, nobody believes him. You know, I always believe him, but who knows? Uh, but it's a bold statement, Paul. Um, let me see. All right, then we'll get on to the next match. Okay. Oh, yeah, real quick. And then he dropped the word son of a bitch. A couple weeks ago, we had Corey, excuse me, Corey Graves say, uh, holy shit. And then we just had, uh, excuse me, Paul Heyman say, son of a bitch. So I love it, man. We're going to say bye-bye to the PJ, PG era soon enough. As soon as October hits and they hit Fox and shit like that, like all this shit's going to be going out the window. If they have to worry about their sponsors and they leave, other sponsors will come and take their place. So goodbye, PG era. You lasted too long and you were the worst out of all of them. All right, let's get on to the United States Championship match. It was Ricochet, the United States champion, defending against AJ Styles. I pick Ricochet to win. Uh, with these with these two, this match could have been effing insane. It was not bad by any means, but it, AJ didn't do much at all. They gave Ricochet the whole time to shine. He had a few botches and a few near botches, and in the end, they showed the reason why they gave him the time to shine so much is because he was dropping the strap to AJ Styles already. They gave him a little bit of a chance. They know he's not a real, real, real uh, IC champion. Not ready yet. I think he is. But AJ's the man, and he's with the club again, so AJ just took that strap for Ricochet like a little bitch. He let him show off, wear himself out, do a bunch of moves, look great, and then just hit him with it and took it. So your new United States champion is Ricochet. Uh, then as I reported, Shane let Kevin Owens on the show. Kevin Owens was supposed to be banned and all that, but he let him on tonight to fight uh, my, one of my current two favorites, Dolph Ziggler. If you listen to the show, I love Dolph Ziggler and Sammy Callahan. They're the best in the game today.
Uh, and I did read that they want to make KO the new Stone Cold Steve Austin for this day and age. KO is awesome. Everything about him is awesome. And no matter how badass he is, there's no way he could ever be Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I, guess, I hope he gets far with the gimmick that they're going to try. Uh, and it was crazy. Dolph Ziggler came out. He was smiling to the camera. He got into the ring. Literally, as soon as he got into the ring, KO hit him with a stunner and got the 1-2-3 in just seconds. It was fucked up. Then KO took the mic and he just pretty much said what he said on SmackDown. And he's sick of them putting people down. There's a lot of wasted talent. He's coming after Shane. Uh, he ended up by saying Shane McMahon can kiss his ass and go straight to hell. The crowd went nuts and KO is the man. All right, let's get on to the WWE Championship match. It was Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. I picked Samoa Joe to win, which I'm even surprised about reading that, but I did. Uh, Samoa Joe was another another person tonight to push on, put on a vicious wrestling clinic. He just kicked ass. He legit dominated the entire match until out of nowhere, Kofi hit him with a move, hit him for the one, two, three, and uh, what you call it? He got the win. Kofi won, kept the belt, but it's just bullshit. I can't wait for Samoa Joe to get a proper big title reign like he deserves. Uh, now, all the New Day does have championship gold. Now, the WWE needs to put all gold around Undisputed, and I'll be a happy boy. Fuck the New Day. Alright, so then we did have the final match. It was Seth Rollins versus Becky Lynch. I mean, excuse me, Seth Rollins and his partner Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a mixed tag intergender extreme rules match. Uh, this match was pretty good. I didn't think it was going to be that good. And real quick, you notice Brock Lesnar didn't come out and uh, cash in on Kofi, so it could only leave Seth, right? If he really is going to do it? Who knows? Uh, so this match was better than I thought. Baron Lacey came out first. Lacey bent over when she got into the ring, and the camera zoomed in on her derriere, and her bottoms did have Seth written across them, which is awesome. She's doing a little ravishing Rick Rude, putting people's well, spouses on the tights and all that back in the day to get their opponent pissed off. So you know Becky was going to be pissed like that. Uh, and it was super, super lame. Becky came out first in her outfit. You know she's been doing the Kill Bill gimmick for the yellow and black, you know what I mean? Uh, it, which is cool. I have nothing against it. But then Seth Rollins came out. He had his usual gear on that he wears, but guess what color it was? Yellow and black. So it was just stupid. I almost threw up from all the cheese that they shoved down my gullet with that one. Uh, early on in the match, Corbin grabbed the kendo stick, but Seth stopped him from using it. Lacey grabbed it and swung it at Seth, but he caught it. She then still got real close to him and started to rub his chest and look in his eyes. And out of nowhere, Becky Lynch just came and beat the piss out of her with the kendo stick. It was crazy. Uh, after that, Becky and Lacey were outside. Lacey went to swing and hit Becky with a chair, but Becky hit her in the stomach with a chair first. Lacey dropped the chair she had in her hand, and she smacked Becky right in the head with it. It was crazy. Uh, and then uh, later in the match, you seen Becky and Seth setting up tables for something. You knew they were going to use them later, and they did. One, they got Baron and Lacey on the tables outside on the arena floor. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, what you call it? Becky Lynch actually stood on a ring apron, and Seth didn't even go to the top turnbuckle. He literally stood on the top of the ring post. First, Becky jumped off with a leg drop and put Lacey through a table. Right after, Seth jumped off the top of the ring post and hit uh, Baron with 
with a frog splash. That spot was really, really nice. Uh, then a little bit after that, Becky went after Baron Corbin, and he literally caught her and hit her with the end of days. And he didn't slow down. He didn't hold back. He fucked her up. And it was awesome, man, because I'm telling you, intergender is where it's at anymore. If you can get a female on there who could hold her own like Tessa Blanchard would have you, there can be awesome matches. So, I mean, he just blasted her with the end of the days. After that, Seth Rollins fucking snapped. He grabbed the kendo stick. He beats Baron like 50 times with it. Then after that, he beat him like 50 times with a steel chair. Hit him with a curb stomp. Hit him with a curb stomp. He was snapped, man. Lacey was so scared, she just left and went up there on ramp. And then Seth hit Baron with a third curb stomp and got the one, two, three. So it was awesome. The announcer did not even get the finish. Your winners are Seth Rollins and boom. Brock Lesnar's music hits. And nobody knew. Was he really there? Was Paul Heyman bullshit and what have you? A couple seconds later, Paul Heyman comes out. A referee comes out. And Brock motherfucking Lesnar comes out. That's right. He was there in Philadelphia. As Paul Heyman's making his way around the ring to give the guys the uh, money in a bank to cash in, Brock comes into the ring. Seth is all beat up from having an extremes rule match. He hits him with two suplexes. The contract is officially cashed in. Brock picks Seth up, hits him with the F5. One, two, three. Boom. Brock Lesnar, your three-time Universal Champion, which is insane. I, I don't know, man. I can't front. Like, when Brock was a champion for so long, I was one of the people who were pissed. I could not wait for him to lose the belt. But I have nothing against Brock. I think Brock is fucking awesome, and this was awesome tonight. And I hope he does better with the belt this time. You know, not as boring. He showed off he could change with the whole boombox with the money in the bank thing. So I hope he has a really, really good run, and it's not boring at all this time with this belt. And, you know, Heyman's in front of, I'm in charge of Raw now. Uh, they're starting on Fox in the fall with SmackDown. If if you're one of Heyman's buddies behind the scenes, you're going to get jobs and you're going to get pushes. So congratulations, Brock. The beast is back. He is your champ. Uh, overall, like I said, it was a pretty damn good pay-per-view. I did not think it would be at all. It's just so lame anymore, WWE. But they went out tonight. Like I said, a couple matches I could have did without two or three. But besides that, it was good shit. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, real quick, some news that came up. Uh, MJF has a serious elbow injury after last night's fight for the Fallen. Uh, he was pulled from an upcoming indie event because of it. That really, really sucks. That dude was just starting to catch some major steam and he'd be bigger than he already is. And uh, just real quick, Mike Kanellis of Marie and Mike Kanellis, he celebrated two years of being sober today. If you ever followed him or watched him on the indies like I have, WWE set, you know, he had a serious, serious drug problem in the past. So I'm happy for him that he did not let the demons take him away from his wife and his baby girls. That's the luck to you, Analysis. All right, guys, that's really it. I had more, but I don't want to go on and on. I'll save this news for this week's show. I will be back on later in the week, either maybe Thursday, Friday, or the weekend. I just did, what, four or five shows in a row, so I need a break, to be honest. Uh, but I will be back this week with all the new wrestling news, what have you. I thank you guys so much for joining me. 
Remember, check out Jabber Jabber Wrestling Universe on major platforms on social media. That's my boy Two Toots group, especially if you really like WWE. And definitely join us at least once a week, if not more, for our podcast. Uh, we're AEW Insider 1 on Twitter and AEW Insider on YouTube and Facebook. If you want, you can tweet at me, ask me questions, tell me I suck, tell me things I talk about suck, tell me what you want on the show, blah, blah, blah. All right? But I will be back later this week. Thank you guys so much for always being there. Uh, again, I'm your host, Lee Bentz, and as always, this is the AEW Insider.